everybody, and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. I'm Big Head Joe. So we're back again, not a surprise, um, but uh, we have a lot to talk about since the last episode. We had the pre-release, we have New Standard, we have some Dramagic the Gathering, like we mm-hmm. always have. Um, Grump well, Pre New Jersey. Yes, Grump Pre New Jersey. Uh, so let's kick things off with that, just to just to get it out of the way. Um, over the weekend, Grand Prix New Jersey was a limited uh, event with Ravnica Allegiance, and someone asked on Twitter to Wizards where the coverage was. Uh, Roman Fusco, actually, was who tweeted to, to Wizards, and uh, Wizards responded that they were doing away with, uh, with the written coverage, except for basically important updates at the end of the tournament, like on Sunday. Uh, I, I could actually see the, the actual tweet says, we're adjusting our coverage for tournaments at Magic Fests. From New Jersey forward, instead of live written coverage, we'll be posting critical end-of-tournament information on Sunday evening. So basically, we're not going to cover it. We'll just tell you what happened. And they <laughs> told us that because someone tweeted at them? Yes. This, so this prior. was in a reply. This was just in a reply. This, this is, is the, This is why it's... All right, this is now why I can it, see why people are mad because... Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, all right, what the hell? That's that's messed up. So, no official announcement, um, and this basically just, you know, comes out in a reply to a tweet. Like, it's not even... I understand uh, if they were to announce it on Twitter and nowhere else, I think people might have a problem with just that, because, hey, not everyone's on Twitter, but to just announce it in a reply... That's um, a big change. Like, that's the kind of change you post an announcement... When you do that sort of thing, you know, you post an announcement on the main page, even if yeah. it's a short announcement. Sure. Hey, like, even if it's as long as the damn reply. <laughs> right. Right? Like, it's like, just make an official announcement. Like, okay, I understand not having the on-camera coverage, maybe, but I don't even like that. But I don't, I cannot even fathom not having written coverage for your event. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people are upset. And the other thing about this is because of the nature of the response in terms of it being a reply through Twitter, <laughs> uh, maybe there's some there's a lot of room for misunderstanding. Uh, right. In this case, it just sounds like they aren't covering anything because that was the way I think most people took it. And I kind of had to look back at it myself and try to parse exactly what they're trying to say because they didn't elaborate. And it's become like this big controversy. So if they're not going to cover tournaments, could they at least like let people know? I, I think this the the bigger problem here is poor communication. Like they're constantly either not communicating things or communicating things in such a vague way. Um, apparently, now we're going to link this article in uh, in the show notes. Uh, Hipsters of the Coast reached out to to Wizards and actually got some response from Blake Rasmussen about the event. Uh, one of the other parts of this controversy was that the the top eight, uh, the winner didn't receive a trophy. There was a trophy there for photos, but it was actually not a Grand Prix New Jersey 2019 trophy. It was like a Grand Prix Vancouver 2018 trophy. Uh, that apparently was just uh, kind of like a shipping snafu or something like he's getting a trophy okay well, it's that's not good. that's yeah it's just that was like a separate thing so i'm gonna go ahead and dismiss the the trophy issue because For that sure. sounds like it was not really um Nothing. part of this yeah. they're not getting rid of trophies uh they're just getting rid of coverage but uh what blake clarified was that wizards did not actually announce anything regarding video coverage and they aren't announcing anything about it at this time um, besides the Mythic Championships and the Mythic Invitational, we have not, not announced our streaming schedule for the year yet. So that sort of makes things feel a little bit better because maybe everyone's misunderstanding. But just the fact that they haven't announced the streaming schedule for the year yet at this point, we're at the end of January. Where it started. The year, it's already, yeah, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> there was already an event. Though we didn't have the schedule ready, so we didn't do any coverage. No, that's not it. No. No, they announced their coverage for this event in a tweet to Roman Fusco. Didn't you see it? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I absolutely did not. Now, listen, I think that, you know, Grand Prix New Jersey is, uh, you know, way more important than uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding. Uh, but they had at least a camera crew there. You know what I mean? Like True. And if they didn't have a camera crew on hand, somebody might have wrote down the events that happened and posted them live. 
because right. we have this thing called Twitter that allows for virtually like the easiest instant coverage. You could just have a Twitter account to be coverage. I right. mean, you don't even need – you can just have a, somebody sitting there with their phone tweeting about the event, and that would count as coverage of the event. Just use the hashtag, post the updates live, and it's a live feed of the coverage, and you don't need to make a, a website article. As long as you announce that that's what you're going to do, yeah. how hard is that? How hard is that just to have somebody there with Twitter? We have Twitter. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem that I have is that they they had to have seen – all the concern being expressed. I'll use the word concern, uh, <laughs> but uh, and and it seems like I think they just responded in a chain to the tweets. There, there's no real announcement here. Uh, they just seem to ignore all the all the concern. <laughs> well, all the, the thing feedback. is, like, like the one thing you can't do as like a company, as like a business, is just you know, gut response to something as it's happening. If you are a company like that, they have to craft a response. If there is controversy, you know, like getting the person on the other end of their Twitter account fired up, it starts going off on people. No, but um, you're absolutely right. You know, like they can't do that. It's just not professional. So like they have to really have time to craft a response. And I'm, I hope they take the time to craft said response because this warrants one. Yeah, I think um, maybe it's just a matter of how much time is reasonable because if this started coming out on Saturday and Sunday, I would think a response could be crafted in time for uh, an announcement Monday. Monday. Was it not posted this morning? So, well, today's Tuesday. I haven't looked oh, that's this right, morning. <laughs> so Roman's tweet was January 26th. That was Saturday. Saturday. And the response was also Saturday. So right. all of the community response came about on Saturday and Sunday. Right. right. So you had plenty of time, you know, Monday to say, they okay, what do we say? over Phoenix and the Royal Rumble. They could have been really busy. I mean, I was doing all those things, <laughs> so I barely saw any of this. Um, so, yeah, so uh, this is crazy, and uh, I don't like it. I think that limited coverage, I know a lot of people aren't too wild about limited coverage. I know you probably wouldn't care about limited video coverage um, if it were there. You yeah, know? you're right. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have watched it. But these events, they have the word friggin' well they don't do they still they still call them grand prix right they're called magic fests featuring the grand prix right i believe that's correct that was that's the last that i remember so it doesn't feel very grand to me if we're not even going to cover it you know like it's kind of like it's just a pre yeah <laughs> it's just a pre <laughs> just a regular pre um regular pre they'll be grand later we promise we'll make an yeah. announcement in a month or so after four of them have passed oh boy so yeah I just think Wizards could do a better job of communicating in advance when they're making these kinds of changes. Um, they have to anticipate that the community is not going to be happy about certain things, and they can get out ahead of it by just saying, like, hey, this is what we're doing and this is why. Like, they don't need to explain every little thing to us in right. terms of – I mean, they're a business. Uh, but in a funny way, the community, at least in this case, uh, I feel like we're sort of the shareholders – uh, yeah. I know we're not really, but this isn't a kind of um, – this isn't just like a regular product. It's uh, it's something that has a lot of passionate people involved and making their livelihood out of this game. And so I think when you're, you've got a community like this, you kind of have to look at us like we're shareholders and right. say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing what we believe is best for the game by allocating these funds that we normally would have allocated towards coverage, we're going to put them towards this other thing that is really cool. And everybody, you know, can say, okay, cool. I get it. Like, this does sound really cool. I, I'll miss coverage, but I see what they're doing or right. whatever, you know, maybe that's a more reasonable response than, <laughs> than some people may give. They may have, have a different opinion, but at least we know what they're doing to have it come out in a response to a tweet and then nothing else. It feels like they don't care, and I know that's not true because I'm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. Yeah. Not, you're mincing words a little bit. I'm not gonna mince words. They've endured 25 years of our nerd rage. They should know by now that nerd rage is a real phenomenon. It's like still not believing in climate change at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
like you know like uh it's real it's happening and it's right. not climate change it's global warming because we're not mincing words um so they knew this was going to happen like the, any change any change that takes away mm-hmm. is going to be met with resistance even sure. by from people like you who don't really care about the thing they're taking away Right. It's the idea that they're taking it away and acting as if it doesn't matter to us because it does matter to us. Yeah. I, and I mean, to be totally clear, I'm not even upset they're taking it away. I'm upset that they announced it in a reply to a tweet. <laughs> like, well, that's my problem is that yeah, 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 to me, the announcements. Why? Yeah, yeah. Tell us why. So that's uh, I just I think they can do better. Um, Agreed. 100%. So let's move on. Yes, let's um, pre-release. I, I played in a paper pre-release. You did not, but you played in some of the um, of the arena ones. Yes, yes. or no? I you played okay. my pre-release on arena. Um, I can talk about it for about fifteen seconds. I think that's all it will take. Do it. <laughs> I built a Jun deck. I had, I think, pretty solid cards, but the mana base killed me. I had nothing, no fixing. I texted Joe. He said, "What fixing? Fixing do you have?" I said none and he told me to cut a color i tried cutting a color and i just literally had no more playables uh, <laughs> i was like no i gotta play john and so i just lost and 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 then jumped into new standards so uh right. i don't have much to to uh contribute to the pre-release talk i was just too excited to to play new standard no doubt no doubt i will say this i will say that um playing in limited i, I played a bunch of sealed on uh on the client on arena Mm-hmm. And then I played in one paper pre-release as well. I can't remember exactly what I played. I think I played Rakdos, um, and I did horribly. I went one and three. Uh, my first round was amazing. I uh, had a flawless victory. I won 2-0, did not take a point of damage. Wow. I'm looking at my thing here, and I um, my, my side, me, is blank on both games. <laughs> um, so I, I did that. Which was pretty cool. Uh, in round two, I got to give a shout out uh, to Kenny because Kenny, not your Kenny, I mean, he, he's our <laughs> Kenny, but he's your Kenny because he lives where you live. Right. Um, not Kenny from Baltimore, but the Kenny I played against, uh, he got the dagger caster blade brand combo off on me. Oh, nice. And I was like, it was so funny. He goes, oh, man, you're going to hate me. And he plays it. And I go, yeah, so loud that, like, everyone, like, stopped and looked. And I was like, he got the combo. Like, I was, like, so happy about it. I was like, I bet you didn't expect that complete opposite of tilt reaction, did you? Like, you didn't expect me to cheer you, right? He was like, no. (laughs) Because I was so excited. I was like, you lived the dream. He's like, I really don't care what happens for the rest of this event. Like, I'm happy that that happened. Right. He's like, that's all I wanted to do. Because I had it in my deck a couple times, um, and uh, I never could get them both in the same hand. Or... Like happened uh, last night, I got them both in my hand at the same time, and Arena didn't hold priority with the trigger on the stack. Yeah, I saw you tweet that. Twice. So I had to remember, and this is, I'm just telling you folks, if you have a dagger caster and a blade brand, hit that control button before you cast the dagger caster, uh, because... Um, it should. I mean, if you have mana up and you have an instant in hand, it should stop before the resolution. I would think. I think you but, have to. I think it's if you're holding priority, you're not passing priority to your opponent. Uh, you need to hold it. I think that's that's the uh, same way it is. I think on Moto. So in this okay. case, just to for anyone who doesn't remember what the cards do, um, Daggercaster is has like the chain whirler effect. It comes into or enters the battlefield. Enters the battlefield and uh, deals one damage to each opponent and one damage to each creature your opponents control. Uh, and then Bladebrand is an instant that target creature gains death touch until end of turn, draw a card. Uh, so you can basically plague wind your opponent's side of the board just completely, you know, swipe their or wipe their side of the board with with that two card combo. And uh, but you do need to hold priority because you're responding to your own ability. Uh, because if you pass priority and your opponent then passes priority, it resolves. So that's what happened is like you you played the the uh, dagger caster and that ability, I guess, went on the stack without uh, went on the stack and gave your opponent the opportunity to respond. And then they passed and right. you, and you they couldn't respond. And, and yeah, it happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good to know. So anyway, yeah, just make sure 
you hold priority if you want to make that happen because that's the only way you can make it happen apparently um so but that's that was, a that's that was, a cool combo i do think that uh it's neat to have that i know i'm sure a lot of people won't think it's neat but i think it's cool i had it written on the notes but we were so pressed to even get through our 10 that i didn't mention it yeah for sure um uh, so, uh, and then rounds, uh, round three, I played against, um, I played against Andy and his deck was just vastly greater than mine. And he just beat me decisively in two games. Uh, and I was able to go figure out some of my comic book subscription stuff next door. I had a lot of time for that. So that was the benefit <laughs> of that. Um, and then the it's start win-win. of round, huh? It's win-win. Yeah. You got to win yeah. and you got to go look comics. So I needed the time. So it was good. <laughs> I even said that. I was like, hopefully you just whoop me so I can uh, go next door and take care of my comics. And he did. He, he kept up his end of the bargain. Um, round Start of round four, uh, there was a raffle at my shop. So what my shop does for every pre-release is they will raffle off some door prizes. Uh, in this case, it was a series of play mats uh, that were drawn by uh, Kim, who works at Common Ground Games, uh, which is really, really cool. And I was super excited to see that. But I don't need playmats. I've, I, I, I don't have a lot of playmats anymore, but I don't need any more. I don't need any playmats, right? Yeah. So I was actually ready to buy more raffle tickets because you can buy them three for five bucks until I realized it was playmats and then the grand prize. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to buy any. So I just had the one raffle ticket that you get for playing in the pre-release. Right. Um, so they drew the three playmats. Um, and then they draw for a box of Ravnica Allegiance. And you can't obviously get it until the set's released. But um, but I won the box. Mized, nice. Mized well, won, yeah. One raffle ticket, right in on the box. Nice. So I was very excited about that. Common Ground Games, thank you for a free box of Ravnica Allegiance. Very cool, just very cool thing. Um, so at that point, I won the. Uh, I yeah, you you feel like you won, won the pre-release. Yeah, I literally won the pre-release. Like, yeah, it wasn't like feel like. Oh, how I many did. packs do you get for going undefeated? Oh, ten. Okay, well I got thirty-six. Yeah, right. <laughs> So yeah, so that was that was freaking sweet, and um, and then in my pity pack for going one three because I lost to my opponent Ari in round four, my pity pack was a Domri in there, so I was like, okay, good pity, good pity. Yeah. Um, so overall, it was a great experience, even though I went one and three. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun, and uh, super excited about the box. I'm going to go uh, draft with the Texas Guild Mages tonight with Jeff Zandy, who. Y'all may know from frequent appearances on the show when I was doing it with Steven. Um, or from his many years as a judge and player and uh, member of the Texas Guild Mages. So, yeah. you know, David Williams, a member of Texas Guild Mages as well, in case you didn't know that. Um, so here's here's a question. Um, well, first, a statement. I'm terrible at limited. <laughs> um, I feel like I always have so much trouble, and I don't know if it's the deck building part or or just the the playing part because it's such a – different kind of skill i think it's a lot about creature combat um but here's just a question because i i've listened to the lords of limited podcast on uh, on star city and i feel like when they're talking they always it seems like the way they discuss game situations they basically it's it's almost like they always have removal. They always have removal. And I'm like, when I build my decks, I put all the removal in. And sometimes that's one or two cards. And mm. I feel like that. So the question I have is, do you just, do you hold your removal for potential bombs? Or do you use it on the first kind of threat or threatening creature that feels like it's worthwhile? Because I'm just, I'll, I will sit there with removal in my hand and get, hit for 18 damage from a 2-1 because I'm like, I'm not using it on that. You know, I, I just assume that they're going to have something amazing or something big at some point. And at, yeah, you have to look at what their plan is and you have to look at what your plan is. You may have to look at the cards in your hand, see how your game's going to play out. Yeah. If you don't remove that creature, um, because you could probably out, if they got a 2-1 hitting you nine times, where was your 3-3? Three, three? You know what right, I mean? Right. Not, you know, like, like where's the, where's the 1-4 that you can, like, where's your uh, Senate uh, courier or whatever, you know, the 1-4 flyer, you know, where, yeah. where's that? Stick your stick your flyer, and then they got to outclass it. Right. Like, I will sit there, I was playing the uh, the red, the red, the blue-red um, Terramander Drake's deck uh, mm-hmm. in Block mm-hmm. one arena mm-hmm. in the brief time. I wish Block was on there longer. It was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of Gates decks, though, not as fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I can I can beacon bolt some things, but I can't beacon bolt a thirteen thirteen gate crasher ram. That's just not gonna happen. Uh, but uh, so you're sitting. I have a terramander. I played on turn one, right? And then I'm holding up counter magic, basically until they deal with the terramander. So I'm just like uh, swing one, 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 and they're not dealing with it. I'm like fine. I was like I will hit you. I was saying it on the stream. I was like I will hit you for one twenty times if I have to. I do not care. <laughs> I will just sit there and hit you for one 20 times. And meanwhile, I got a handful of counter magic. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to play something counter, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, it's just about what you can do. And yeah, sometimes you just have that one creature and if they don't want to deal with it, they're just going to eat it. Yeah. Right. Like that's why you got to eventually kill a, a pirate via, you know, pyromancer. Sure. You know, what a dorky little creature, but you know, if it gets in for four, they just paid two mana for four. Right. You know, and it's like, well, crap, you know, it's like you're kind of screwed here. You don't want to waste your removal on it, but you got to. So really, you got to look at what your plan is, what their plan is. Sure. You know, if, if it looks like their plan is just going to kill you with that 2-1 because you're not dealing with it, then you got to deal with the 2-1, I guess. Um, because it's better to die to whatever they, like, die to what random thing they might have in their hand than the thing that's killing you. Yeah. You know, like, because they might not have the thing that, that you are scared of. I know the answer isn't exactly straightforward, just like easy answer. It's context dependent and everything, but it always feels like, um, you know, the uh, listening to that discussion, the discussions that they have, they're like, oh, if you double block, they're going to remove, you know, one of the blockers. And I'm just like, that never comes up for me. I guess maybe my opponents never double block, but <laughs> if they do, I never have the removal like this. <laughs> that's never happening. Right, um, right. I just feel like I'm never in those situations and it must be. At least in part due to my own course, decisions, but are you yeah. now? Are you talking about sealed or draft here? Because in draft, draft is a totally different animal, obviously. You know sure. I mean? Yeah, I think I was just speaking limited in general, and sure. uh, yeah. But uh, if you are interested in in limited, I think they're another great limited podcast. In addition to the uh, you know the the tried and true classic limited resources, yeah, as, which is uh, what I've been devouring the last like day or so, devouring their uh, Remnica Allegiance yeah. set reviews. Um, but yeah, I, I want to check out Lords of Limited myself because I just honestly, I just don't know what podcasts are around now because we've been gone for a while. So I'm just kind of like, hey, I know, you know, Turn One Thoughtsies is posting stuff on Twitter. So hey, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I shout out to Turn One Thoughtsies. Yeah, but I don't play modern, so I don't listen to them. You know what I mean? But it's not, not that they're not great because they are. Yeah, um, I actually did want to mention them just because why not? Uh, Turn one thoughts to you, Zach and Aaron. Um, they're one of my favorite podcasts because they talk about modern, and that's right. my favorite <laughs> format. Um, but yeah, just wanted to give those guys a shout out because uh, if you if you like modern, check them out. Turn one thoughts to you. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and just uh, one more thing I want to talk about. Um, I went and played in a draft on Sunday to pick up my box because you know I couldn't pick it up until the set was released. Um, and while I was waiting for the draft to start because it was a draft at two and I was like well I'm picking up a box I might as well hang out and draft I went 3-0 by the way and I realized at the end of the draft that I had reflective sunglasses on my neck the entire time <laughs> so my opponents could probably see my entire hand every single game still went 3-0 thank you very much um, but one thing I noticed when I was sorting the seal pool because I decided to sort by guilds and instead of strictly by color and then by guild, like I was actually just even mixing the red, like the single, you know, the monocolor cards in with the guilds if it had the guild symbol, just okay. to help my deck building. Right. And when I was looking, so I was looking at the the watermarks as the, on the cards as I'm sorting, and I noticed that Ethereal Absolution doesn't have an Orzov watermark; it has a Planeswalker symbol watermark. And uh, next to the collector number on the bottom, it says Story Spotlight. And then on the right-hand side, it says mtgstory.com, which, honestly, I thought was just super cool because well, I've never seen anything like that before. And I don't know if they've done that for anything else uh, prior. Uh, but the mtgstory.com does take you to the Ravnica Allegiance featured story uh, and basically the, the storyline uh, page of uh, wizards.com. Yeah, I think that's fantastic that they put that on the cards because first, well, I never noticed it. Maybe, you know, it's just, you know, a blind spot at this point where you kind of ignore the borders of the cards. Um, right. It's the only yeah. card I've seen with it so far, and I haven't looked to see if there are others. Yeah, I mean, there. I'm, I imagine there are others, at least more in Ravnica Allegiance, uh, if this is the first set they've tried doing it. But just the idea of giving people uh, kind of a heads up that, hey, you can read more about this particular the the event being depicted in the artwork uh, on 
on our website, you know, and actually having a direct link to the storyline page is great because I, for a long time, was a huge fan of the magic storyline. And, you know, going back to like the late 90s, um, I would I would read all those books, you know, the the uh, the dark and the Ice Age and the whole Urza block, all that kind of stuff. Brothers um, War. Yeah, Brothers War. I'm actually rereading the Brothers War right now. I'm sure you are. You've probably read that book like 20 times. <laughs> I mean, maybe not 20, but five is is uh, <laughs> is not a stretch. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I like that, that storyline. Um, but yeah, so I think it's great that they are showing people that, hey, there's more to, to the game than just uh, just the game itself. So I, I'm glad they're they're doing that. Um, yeah. I haven't had a chance to read issue one of the Chandra comic, but I'm glad to see that they're doing that too. That's a whole other episode though. We've, we've done story. We've nerded out on this a bunch. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So yeah, let's uh, jump into discussing new standard last weekend. We had, we had uh, star city games, Indianapolis, our first uh, showcase of the new standard. And it was kind of surprising because I think going into the event, the big scary, uh, poles of the format were mono red on one side and wilderness reclamation on the other side. And neither of those decks made top eight. Um, just to qualify that statement, that doesn't mean the decks aren't good. It just means that I think in the case of mono red, people were prepared for it and maybe even over prepared for it. And in the case of wilderness reclamation, I think that deck has yet to be figured out entirely. So I think, uh, it still needs some tuning, but, I think that's going to be a big player in the uh, in the format in the next coming in the next few weeks. I mean, maybe even starting this weekend in Baltimore, uh, Star City has a team open, and one of the formats, of course, is standard. And I imagine they're going to be highlighting that quite a bit, uh, especially if they see some innovative decks. But the I think the breakout deck of the tournament was a Sultai build, um, and it's kind of a stretch to call it Sultai, because it's really just the Golgari decks that we had from the previous format, and they're splashing hydro- Hydroid Crisis. Um, it, mostly, some other decks are, are splashing blue for Crisis uh, plus Hadana's Climb, and I've seen Hostage Taker in some lists, but the main card is Hydroid Crisis, and you could literally, if you had a Golgari deck, just pick up some some uh, dual lands and some hydroid crisis and make some cuts and you've got basically the the best performing deck uh, of the weekend or at least one of the best performing decks and I think this is a deck that's going to stick around this isn't just a week one deck oh no this is a good deck this is solid it's so it's got so much value because of course Golgari already had that you have uh, cards like Chupacabra come in and kill something and then they use their they, they chump block with it and then they get get it back with fine finality and memorial to folly. And now they've got hydroid crisis, uh, just to add to that value. And I, yeah. I mean, if there's a breakout card of the weekend, it's hydroid crisis. No doubt. The, the reality of standard, uh, especially as the red player is that the second you see an overgrown tomb, any three damage spell you have has to stay in your hand until wild growth Walker is dealt with. Yeah. Like there is no, like it changes your, Turn one overgrown tomb tapped changes your entire game plan, or at least shapes your entire game plan because you don't know what your game plan is. Right, well, your game plan is twenty to the face, of course. But, uh, <laughs> right on. <laughs> but uh, seeing that overgrown tomb, you're like, oh, okay, I need to deal with wild growth walker at all costs. Um, so uh, hydroid crisis is just another pain in the ass life gain card that. Uh, keeps a body in the air and draws them a bunch of cards. It really makes me like active treason out of the sideboard for mono red. I will say that. Oh yeah, I mean at least you get the the body, you know. But unfortunately, you don't get the <laughs> the life gain or the cards. But which they I... actually lose. Yeah, but I'm saying they actually go down in life because they only gained half of that, and then you can deal it back plus the other half. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, active treason is pretty uh you don't see it all the time but i feel like when you do see it it's usually a blowout i feel like there's going to be three in my sideboard if i play red at uh at uh, dallas so because let's hydro hydro crisis is the only flyer in the deck okay yeah and that, that yeah that's great i mean unless they have two <laughs> in which case you're probably still in good shape because if they trade crisis for crisis take the bigger one yep. yeah yeah take the big <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Always take the bigger one. It's a good, good uh, 
rules to live by. Um, so I guess let's, what have you been playing? I know you just mentioned the red, red deck. So let's talk about the, the versions of red that you've been playing. Uh, and have you tried any other, have you tried any other builds? Um, I've, I've tried so many because like, they're so gunning for red right now. Um, on arena, I really want to see the, um, like the actual like metagame numbers from best of one. I would like to see just how much is red and just how warped best of one is by red, because you see decks on there that are like, like just pure life gain decks. And I'm like, that can't be a real deck. That can't be a deck that you're actually going to see at a tournament. Right. Right. Like the turn to uh, dawn of hope. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Did you really just play dawn of hope main deck? Oh my god! Yeah, like, <laughs> so. you're absolutely right. Like the format for best of one is warped. Um, I've been trying a couple different things. So, like I said, I kind of just, you know, sort of deliberately <laughs> scrubbed out of my pre-release because I just wanted to play new standard. Um, and I, the first, I have mono red built. I had it built, you know, from the previous format. So I wanted to try it with some of the new cards, uh, light up the stage and skewer the critics being the main ones. Um, I've kind of settled into a build that is really similar to what uh, Austin Yost has been playing. Um, so Austin's list is the stock build that I've been looking at. You get four fan- fanatical firebrand, runaway steamkin, Vishino pyromancer, goblin chain whirler. Um, and then you got Shock, Lightning Strike, um, I'm trying to remember all the cards, <laughs> Wizard's Lightning, Skewer the Critics. So what is that? That's nine times four, so 36 cards. Uh, I'm missing one then. Um, anyway, he runs 18 lands, two Flame of Keld in the place of those other two lands, and then the 40 kind of obvious burn spells that everybody is running, and I can't think of, you know, that one of the cards. But... Um, he was saying how because of Arena's shuffler, it's you you kind of tend to get a better opening hand than than you might in paper um, or even on Moto, and so he felt like he could cut two lands and play Flame of Keld, uh, but in paper he recommended playing twenty land, um, and so I think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, so this is the kind of build. These are the kind of builds I've been playing with. I did try cutting the Chain Whirlers for four copies of Risk Factor. Uh, I've also tried cutting the Steamkins for four copies of Risk Factor, and I've been having a lot of success with uh, with basically those builds. Experimental Frenzy might be the card that you would think I was forgetting about, but I have not been playing Frenzy at all. Um, yeah. With Light Up the Stage, that's the card. I didn't mention Light Up the Stage. Uh, <laughs> so with Light Up the Stage and Risk Factor, if you do play Risk Factor, I think you've got enough in terms of card advantage. Um I've been having more success with that deck than any other. Um, I also built Azorius. That's fun. Uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, sing it. Azorius, thank you. <laughs> um, but the other card that, uh, as I mentioned before, Wilderness Reclamation. I think I had to. I had to try it. Right. And I don't like it. I don't like playing with it. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, I can understand not liking it because I just don't think it's i don't i mean like everybody's freaking out about it i don't know i don't really think it's a real card i mean like i get why people are excited about it for sure but like mm, you tap out for that i'm like uh, i'm gonna deal nine to your face while you're tapped out you know like you make it to untap but you're at three and you're gonna counter this spell and i'm gonna cast this spell right die right like well the, okay what i mean maybe i'm building the deck wrong maybe i'm just getting unlucky uh i've built a the first version i built was basically blue white splashing green so i could play wilderness reclamation um so it it made sense with like the addendum spells you get like precognitive uh premonition or whatever the heck that card is called uh and uh you get just you get to play teferi and untap all of your lands and have counter spells open and all that and that's fine but you are splashing a third color and i've kind of felt like, am I even making good use of this card? You know, is Wilderness Reclamation kind of not really worth the card in this deck because it's really, I'm, I'm fine, you know, playing my Teferi and untapping two lands and countering the spell they play. That That is working for me. Am I getting enough out of the splash? So I tried playing like a Simic version. That one at least has more consistency, but it feels like it's all air. That's That's kind of like the way it feels to me. Like I'm going... 
I'm, I'm fogging your attacks and I'm drawing cards with growth spiral and playing lands and I'm like wilderness reclamation untap this is going fog like I'm not doing anything I'm just like I have all this mana well, Guess talk, what? Talk Grow spiral. I'll get there. Hold on. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I just feel like the whole deck is so much air and not enough in terms of wind conditions. And where's the beef? Is yeah, what you're wh- trying where's to the say. beef? Right. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. I can I can ramp into a wilderness reclamation now. I have all the mana and nothing to spend it on. And you mentioned, of course. I mean, you, the listener, are screaming hydroid crisis, right? And that's awesome, right? If you have your crisis and you tap and you get to draw a bunch of growth spirals and lands and re- and uh, fogs <laughs> like great they kill your crisis and then you are drawing more fogs and growth spirals um, but I say it's not an instance it's not like you can use the wilderness reclamation to really capitalize no well you tap out for it on your turn then untap and have all your instants available that's the right that's true. the thing there so um I don't know I don't like it and I did I played a de- uh, game the other day and it just came down to uh I, it was against kind of an Esper mill strategy. So yeah. that's not one I've seen before, but they milled my Hydroid Crisis. I only have one in the deck, so that was easy. You know, I, I didn't, I don't have more and I didn't want to waste the wild cards on a card that I wasn't sure I was going to play with uh, yet. So that was right. just kind of like in there. But um, I have four Nexus of Fate in the deck and they milled me to the point where my last four cards were Nexus of Fate. So I just kept taking the turns and I sat there for... I don't know, 10 minutes just casting Nexus of Fate. Wilderness <laughs> Reclamation was there, but it didn't need to be because it was just untapping my lands at my end step. And then I'd take my next turn drawing uh, Nexus of Fate and casting it again. And uh, I, I just thought my, maybe my opponent would concede because I was just taking all the turns. Um, they didn't. They didn't. I just conceded. I, kn- I didn't want to be like too much of a jerk. I mean, sitting there for five to 10 minutes uh, was already kind of... But you needed to get your quest. Like I said... <laughs> You can't get tilted about what your opponent's doing because it might seem foolish, but they might be just trying to get to their quests. Right, and that was true. I had to cast 30 blue or – I think it was blue or green spells. I don't know, but it, blue was one of them. And so times. I was like, yeah, I just basically cast Nexus of Fate 30 times. And it was funny. Like I just – I was very amused. Um, yeah. So I had fun, and my opponent didn't have to do anything. So, I mean, they didn't they have to keep there, clicking they... Nexus of Fate and then clicking past turn and then clicking Nexus of Fate and clicking past turn right, like I did. Right. I was the one being very active he could just he or she could just sit there and uh and watch this you know me doing absolutely nothing um i had no way to win except for them to concede so uh right. they, they won it was just I, I made them pay for it a little bit i'm like you you milled my win condition this is what you get and you have to wait right uh and it, it worked out i'll tell you what i want to do with wilderness reclamation right um and i was already trying to look up uh certain things and i i did i learned something that i didn't like but I just want to play uh, Gruul mm-hmm. and use Nexus of Fate and Electro Dominance to like cheat out creatures EOT and face them. <laughs> like really? No, seriously. Yeah. Like, I was literally basically I get literally another texted, combat step, right? Like I texted Jeff and I was like, Jeff, um, if I have twelve power, if I have ten power worth of creatures on the board, does Galta is its converted mana cost twelve or two? <laughs> But unfortunately, it's still twelve. So, um, wait, wait, I'm missing what you're. Galta is the twelve twelve trample right. dinosaur that mm-hmm. uh, costs one. It costs. Oh, oh no, you're working on electro dominance, Galta. I get it. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was yeah. like looking at that, thinking about can I cast electro dominance and put, drop a twelve twelve? I was like, okay, they did not play. They did not do uh, deal two to any target twelve twelve for four. They didn't put that in the format. Yeah, but they did put Nullhide Ferox in the format. So you could do four damage, drop a six-six end of turn, and you're already halfway there. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of got an idea kicking around for a mega green, ra- green red ramp deck. Does that sound like on brand? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but I'm kind of kicking that around as a way to abuse uh, wilderness reclamation. But I haven't actually tried to put the deck together. Uh, one deck I did put together because I was getting so frustrated with um, – I don't know with what exactly, but I was just getting frustrated with like the Drakes and things that were just outclassing. And the green deck, like with the 6-6s six just outclassing my creatures so fast. So I was like, what if it doesn't matter if my creatures get through to the opponent? 
So I started looking at Cavalcade of Calamities, <laughs> and I went down this real weird path. Oh, that was the, the, the main reason why I started looking at Cavalcade is because I was looking at um, Skirk Prospector. Because um, the one thing that I have to say about the Esper deck is that the Esper deck wins against the red deck because of its removal spells, not because of its counter spells or anything else. Uh, because they have just minus two, minus two, gain two life, and they have exile target creature, gain two life. Those are the reasons why that deck wins. So every time, and I'm going to say this, and I shouldn't say this because I want you to do it wrong when I'm playing you, but <laughs> every time you counter one of my creature spells, I get happier. Because letting my creatures resolve and then using your gain life uh spells that are in your hand they're always in your hand you might as well have just 46 copies of the minus two minus two moment of craving the deck basically just runs 46 copies of that uh or at least it feels that way um you should be using those on my creatures countering my burn spells you know um because those are the reasons why you win the game that incidental life gain along the way is how they win the game so Fanatical Firebrand is key because you never attack with it. You just hold it up. And sometimes they'll try to waste their spell on it and you sacrifice it. And I was like, well, I like that. What else can I do to kind of make those cards dead cards? And I was like, well, Skirk Prospector. Skirk Prospector gives me another way to sacrifice Goblin Chain Whirler. So if they try to Vraska's Contempt my Chain Whirler, sacrifice it for a red, they don't gain any life. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started going a little harder, and I was like, okay, well, we're looking at goblins now. So I started looking at uh, Tin Street Dodger, which is a 1 1 haste. And then you can pay a red, and it can't be blocked except for creatures with Defender, which nobody runs creatures with Defender. It's unblockable for a red. Right. Um, and then I started looking at other things like that, and I looked at Goblin Instigator. And I was like, well, how do I, what's the payoff here? You know, like you got Legion Warboss and all these other things. And I was like, Trashmaster just seems awful. I don't know. I don't like it. Although now, the current Goblins list I have together runs Trashmaster and doesn't run Cavalcade of Calamities, which was the card I started looking at. Then I started looking at Rigging Runner. Um, and the funniest thing is, with the Cavalcade deck, sometimes you play the Rigging Runner pre-combat <laughs> It's rigging runner, if you don't know, is 1-1 one, one first strike for a red. Raid enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter if you attacked with a creature this turn. I made my opponent so confused, probably. I'm like, I have Fanatical Firebrand on the board. I play a rigging runner, and then I swing for one. They're like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then I play Cavalcade of Calamities, and it's like, t- you know, and then I play double Cavalcade, and all of a sudden it's a 3-3, three, three, you know? Um, so I started looking at ways to abuse that. I even had the Goblin Gathering in there at one point, um, but that got cut because it was just not fast enough. Yeah, um, it was awful, awful, awful. But uh, but I tried it because right. I was just trying things. Um, and there's there's something there. And I even went as far as to try a different deck. I tried a uh, green white tokens list, basically splashing red for Cavalcade of Calamities, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that gets interesting because there's a fun fact. Adanto Vanguard triggers Cavalcade. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because it, it's one at, at the it's a one, point one, of attacking. Uh, yeah, When it attacks, until the, the second it's turned sideways, both the triggers happen. You know what I mean? Right, and you can so stack it's them in only a way attacking, that, yeah. Well, you, it's not even a stack. Oh, no, okay, it's it just happens. It's only attacking. It just happens. It's just as long as it's attacking, it's a 3-1. So... The moment it is considered an attacker, it gets plus two plus oh. But for the split second before it's considered an attacker, it attacks, and then it triggers that uh, the card. That's pretty cool. I wonder if that and, works in in modern and legacy with like ensnaring bridge. I guess it does. I mean, that's kind of a cool way to get yeah. get around ensnaring bridge. Yeah, it does um, work with ensnaring bridge, unless they have you know zero. Right, cards right. But I mean, if they have have one card in hand and you're like, okay, attack with my one, one, guess what? It's three, one, you know, that I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of that, but I hadn't thought about it because uh, you know, I hadn't thought about it until you just mentioned that, that, that right. works with cavalcade of uh, calamity. Um, but I just, I just basically made like a green, white tokens deck and jammed cavalcade in there so I could cast March of the multitudes and, uh, and things like that, and like Sapperling mutation. And even, you know, you can even, I've turned incubation druid sideways. <laughs> 
not adapted. Like, right. I'm like, swing for zero, you take two. Right. Because I have two cavalcades out. It's it's weird, weird, weird. But uh, ultimately, I wound up deciding that the deck just didn't need cavalcade. It was just a pet card. So I cut it and just made it green-white because it was way more uh, lean. I had enough games where I only drew red-white lands where I went, I'm done with this. <laughs> I was like, I don't have green mana in yeah. my green-white deck. This is bad. I need to cut it. So I messed with that. Um, so you, just because you brought it up, um, I think we need to talk about one of the more interesting red decks that I've seen over the weekend. Um, I was watching coverage and I watched this this game. Uh, I don't even remember who the opponent was, but Paul Spears was playing a mono red Phoenix list at Star City Indy. Uh, he ended up in 44th place, so uh, not, not too bad. But this list, I, I haven't got a chance to try it yet, but I kind of can't wait to um i have it's I have tried it. it is uh it's really built around gutter snipe and electrostatic field being able to basically every time you cast an instant or sorcery you get a free lightning bolt if you've got both of them on the board and that's just saying if you have one of each um right. joe I, I know i sent you the link we're gonna have to put it in the show notes uh he's playing against i think like a bant mid-range deck is that right um i know yeah, you just watched it like um and his opponent has a pretty pretty good board uh he passes the turn he's at 18 this is his opponent is at 18 and paul has like a gutter snipe i think on the board and then uh was it a runaway steamkin um yes yes and he just kills his opponent from 18 uh, i actually think his opponent was at 20 Okay. Well, I think I'm 18 or 20. Either way, <laughs> it's uh, it's impressive either way, and it's just. From 20, yeah. I mean, he's got four Arclight Phoenix, four Electrostatic Field, four Gutter Snipe, four Runaway Steamkin, 18 lands, and then he's got Lightning Strike, Risk Factor, Shock, Crash Through, and Warlord's Fury, which of course are a little bit embarrassing, but they work in this kind of deck when you're casting a spell, getting another bonus out of it, and then drawing a card. Hold on, I have to stop. Hold on. Okay, I'm good. Okay, I'm recording too, so... All right. Okay, so we just had um, a little family emergency there. Joey needed to take care of. Um, But I just want to say right now, while we stopped recording, I um, started playing the Mono Red Phoenix deck, and I'm in the middle of a game right now, and I just cast a light up the stage with a gutter snipe and electrostatic field. They were at 20 at the start of this turn. I'd already cast a tormenting voice, discarding an arc light phoenix, right? Right. It's mono red. They have two runaway steamkin and a firebrand on the board. Okay. Um, so then I, I cast tormenting voice discarding phoenix with a gutter with a field and a gutter snipe on the board. Um, and then I cast um, a light up the stage. Took them to fourteen. Uh, now I'm about to cast. I think I'm going to cast the a shock or the other light up the stage. I think I'll just cast the shock. Let's kill their steamkin. And that'll deal three to their heads. They're at 11. This is all in one turn with four mana, right? <laughs> right. Um, so that just happened. Yeah, so what you're saying there, is is that it's a good deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, and and now I just got an Arclight Phoenix out of my graveyard. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Taking, you know, you have that card also. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking them to eight right now. Um <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to try this deck. That was 12 damage in one turn, and now my board is Arclight Phoenix, Electrostatic Field, Gutter Snipe. So, yeah, it sounds like a, a really cool deck. I know I was going over the uh, the deck list when I had to briefly stop. Um, but yeah, Lightning Strike, T- Warlord's Fury, Crash Through, and then Joe already mentioned some of the other cards. Uh, Risk Factor Shock, Light Up the Stage, Skewer the Critics, uh, Tormenting Voice. But Tormenting um, Voice, yeah. yeah. Tormenting Voice is key. Like At first, I was trying to convince myself that I didn't need, um, what do you call it? Uh, that I didn't need Arclight Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That I could just go even more spell heavy. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, once I drew a tormenting voice with no Arclight Phoenix to, dis- to discard, I was like, never mind. I definitely need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. I would say if you don't have the Phoenix, then you've got eight slots because I would cut the tormenting voice. Um, right. In fact, I, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe up to like four risk factor, maybe more lightning strikes. I don't know. That's that's what I'd do if I weren't using Phoenix. Um, but just to because I think we have to link it in the show notes just because of that game. He kills his opponent from eighteen. Uh, game two, he wins through Shalai and Lyra, uh, which to me is just like insane. Like the amount of hate you've got 
Lyra giving Shalai uh, lifelink and plus one, plus one, Shalai giving his opponent uh, hexproof, but electrostatic field and gutter snipe don't target. It's just deals two damage to each opponent or deals one yeah. damage to each opponent. So there's no targeting. So the hexproof doesn't even matter in that case. Sure, he can't lightning strike to the face or shock to the face, but uh, but it didn't didn't even matter. So I encourage you to check out this, uh, this deck on coverage. Now, again, he came in 44th. Not bad. Not great. I don't know what the, the bad matchups are. Of course, we've been playing a lot of best of one, and I know we were going to talk about best of one versus best of three, but uh, given our time constraints and my current situation with my kid right now who is uh, not feeling well, um, I we're going to have to wrap up, but uh, we'll we'll save it for another episode, as, as always. Um, yeah. Literally, as always, I think we've been saving this for like three episodes. So (laughs) (laughs) we did this poll like a month ago. Yeah, it's not even going to matter by the time we talk about it, but we'll we'll get to it. Um, Some of the stuff actually, it's been so long that some of the stuff on my notes has actually changed. Because I was like, why isn't best of three on the ladder? Uh, Best of three and constructed is on the ladder or will be uh, as of February first, or I guess the season ends January thirty first. I think. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Will actually be on the ladder. So, yeah, so it'll be a little less relevant then, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit at least because I think it's an interesting discussion. But um, for now, I think we're going to wrap things up. And next episode, I know we will be discussing our our experiences at two Star City Opens coming up, mine in Baltimore this weekend and yours in Dallas next weekend. So our next episode will be just following SCG Dallas and we'll talk to you guys about our experiences there. Yeah. As always, you guys can get in touch with us on Twitter. We definitely love the feedback and the uh, interaction. So if you've got comments, if you want to tell us we're stupid, that's cool too. At least just be descriptive in how you tell us, you know, be more constructive with your feedback, that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why should I die in a fire? Why specifically do you wish me to die in a fire? <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. As always, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start crying.